0: Hello, you're listening to the All Brow Podcast. This is episode 10. It only took us a couple years to get here, but we're here. Uh, last episode, I did apologize for such, the long, uh, such a long delay between that one and the previous one. Uh, it was even a longer delay between that one and this one, so I think I'm just going to have to get in the habit of not apologizing. With that in mind, I'm super stoked to have my great friend Aiden on the podcast today. He is the brewer behind Bready Fingers in Sweden. He's traveling California with his girlfriend, Danielle. And I had the pleasure of meeting him uh, at Carnival Britannomyces in Amsterdam. And we spent a few days uh, on a farm in Flemish, Brabant and Kordonnaken in Belgium with uh, Tom and Wim from Antidote, And we actually uh, did a collaboration beer and we actually made some cherry wine. So I got to spend a lot of time with Aiden Uh, in Amsterdam and in Belgium, and so it was great showing them around, him and Danielle, all my local spots. They rode with me on my sales route uh, down to Half Moon Bay. We went up through Pacifica. I took them all around Oakland and San Francisco. On this episode, you're gonna hear us talk a little bit about what it's like selling beer in uh, Sweden, as well as some of the historical uh, background on why their laws are the way they are and you know we we get into a couple of other things um, but mostly it's just about his experience as someone who's actually half American half Swedish Uh, he's lived here he went to school here in the Bay Area and he kind of understands better than a lot of people the uh, American beer culture and the Swedish beer culture So it's kind of a cool perspective. So check out this episode, I hope you enjoy it. I've got a road trip uh, in the works where I'm gonna be hopefully interviewing a few other people. And so if all goes as planned, which rarely happens, we'll have a couple of interviews in the next month from uh, a couple of my favorite brewers. Uh, As I've said in the past, this this, uh, podcast is not purely about brewing or for brewers. We like to talk to other folks. So, if you have anybody in the, you know, maybe extended beer world, somebody from fermentation background, or honestly, I mean, I'd like I'd love to speak with more musicians. If uh, if you go back, we've got episodes with, um, you know, heavy metal uh, guitarists and punk drummers. We've got people who have record labels, but we've also got you know, episodes from people in the wine world, and yeah. So, I'd like to kind of keep keep this broad and and. Um, Yeah, so I'd I'd love to hear your suggestions. And, yeah, uh, enjoy the episode. If you guys uh, haven't already checked out the Instagram page, that's where you find all of our updates. And sorry if you can hear that. That's my cat in his litter box. I'm going to have to change where we record these intros. All right, enjoy the episode. Check out the Instagram. And I will talk to you on the next episode. Enjoy. start pretty informally just so you know okay all right cool happy birthday buddy thank you uh welcome to oakland and we're here first time on a podcast in like i don't know it's been over six months since my last one i've yeah. been very neglectful of this
1: format that's about last time i saw you pretty much yeah like well then it's been longer
0: than six months since the podcast yeah it's probably yeah. been
1: almost a year jesus sorry yeah, that was June. sorry everybody
0: Everybody being like the three people who listen to this. <laughs> June plus two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're here with Aiden and Danielle. Danielle, you're not on mic and you, th- I said you that no one could hear you, but she's waving. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to try one of your beers. What, what is this beer?
1: Uh, this is something I kind of work on as like a, a reconciliation with like the, um, super hoppy like citrus kind of stuff but it's basically sticking to my philosophy which is like uh only local grain and uh european hops so it's all mandarin and bavaria and it's like a very simplified turbid mash so it's like a step mash with some protein rest and then a little bit of turbid were pulled then and then uh and then a pretty typical step mash after that but right. it's uh 22 20 percent like um, Swedish like uh, wheat called which is like um, yeah very old style high protein wheat and then uh, Swedish heirloom malt and then cool. a ton of mandarin of Bavaria awesome. and it's my local my local uh, or so my wild capture
0: so you had said that this was a uh, a beer that you dry hopped twice
1: yeah kind yeah. of unintentionally yeah I got I got sick when I was about to bottle it. Uh, this is like kind of a test batch for, I call the beer hypothesis. And it's like uh, just a 5%, you know, something something very juicy and crushable, but it's, uh, I got sick when I was about to bottle it. And then by the time I was well again, after two weeks, like it was, um, yeah, it was, it was too little kind of hop character. So I dry hopped it again. But now after I, I give it like I want to give it like two months in the bottle. So it kind yeah. of comes together and any any flavors like all flavors clean up.
0: Yeah, we were talking about both of us have kind of a idea of um, maybe focusing more on long bottle aging. Yeah, and it's something that's under uh, appreciated. I mean, there's mixed culture from, you know, fermentations, that you know, brewers that are using that. But I think that's probably one of the big steps that people who are used to doing clean brewing and they go into mixed firms yeah. that they, they skip that part or yeah. they think that it's going to be ready.
1: Yeah. yeah. And this is, this is like a month and a half or almost two months. Right. Uh, there's the just uh, barely quote unquote primary.
0: Yeah. There's barely a touch of like kind of some sulfur, but you talked about, yeah. you recently were up in Canada and you were hanging out with Richard, Yeah, from Escarpment Labs. Yeah, and you were talking a little bit about like uh, some like sulfur compounds. Yeah, building
1: a protective kind of uh, measure into the beer, and that's like basically, um, you know, sulfur oxidizes, which eats up oxygen, and sulfur ultimately offers long term projection protection for a beer. So it kind of has a longer stability if it does have a little bit of sulfur in the beginning even if it's like unpleasant in the beginning, it's like, give it two or three months. And even if it's a really hoppy beer, like to me, this is a lot this of is, hops in a beer.
0: This is one of the, hobby, I think this is the hoppiest beer I've had from you. Yeah, totally. But, and uh, we were, I was giving uh, Aiden and Danielle a tour of Oakland and San Francisco earlier, and we stopped by a couple places and we were talking with uh, Arno from Vive La Tarte, mm-hmm. a couple locations in San Francisco, and they're working on one in Southern California. And we were talking about Belgian beers. And, uh, Derenka and, uh, you know, Terrace Bulba from Dallas and we were saying that like kind of a nice assertive bitterness. Yeah. Yeah. This, this totally reminds me of that genre or or style of beer we were discussing earlier. Yeah, totally. It's really good, man. And this is, that's
1: another thing is to build up like, uh, for me, it's like spontaneous or mixed culture stuff. Even if you have a mixed culture, it's like, well, it's always going to ferment very dry. Right and um what you have to do is make up for that dryness and given the fact that we have something that's that's like a nice dry base body with high proteins if we've done the right thing with malts it's like building that in with tannins and a lot of like astringent kind of bitterness with like low alpha hops and this is also like bitterness the bittering hops are mandarina which is not a very high uh bittering hop and it still has some kind of nice beta acid like mm-hmm. astringency and like beta acid bitterness characters characters yeah. in it so
0: and you have a real love for like session beers yeah yeah and so you, if you can come up with a way to add complexity and yeah and and other notes because i you know obviously there's a lot of session beers out there that you know they're not exactly packed full of flavor yeah. just by the very nature of not having a ton of grain yeah and and, and like exactly. You know. The Byproducts this, of grain. You know. this
1: doesn't have a ton of grain. It's like ten Plato. Well, th- but that's so what I like mean. It's like you've been able to Play-Doh. through the use of uh, a wild capture, through
0: the use of like yeah. doubling down on the hops. Yeah, you're able to, uh, and also you were saying like the, the 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 mash steps. Yeah, yeah. To create character, this and also
1: just totally forgotten about like uh, uh, sparging with like, you know, like keeping the sparge temperature in check. is like sparge pH is good and everything, but like introducing tannins with hot sparge water and everything, watch the pH and that's fine. But, um, tannins are good. Yeah, Yeah,
0: absolutely. Especially if you're going to let it sit a little longer in the bottle. Yeah.
1: And tannins slow down with time. Like they, they chill out and, right. They kind of round out. and They fall out in a barrel or whatever. And, uh, what's left is like just the kind of perfect, uh, Body that I'm looking for. Yeah, it's really good.
0: It's an excellent beer. Thank you. Yeah, and I've, I've only had the pleasure of having a couple of your things. We met in, well, formally, like in person, we met in Amsterdam mm-hmm. for Carnival Britannomyces and spent some time with uh Tom and Wim from Antidote in yeah. Belgium and
1: <laughs> Weird time. Yeah,
0: watch. Uh, we'll get to, maybe we'll get to some of those stories. <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever, we, the last podcast was before the trip. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't talked about any of that, that <laughs> on really the podcast. Weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, <clears throat> we had met kind of through social media and the Milk the Funk community. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really been awesome getting to know people through the, that, that community on Milk the Funk Facebook group. Uh, we're actually going to drink a beer in a minute here from one of the other members yeah and
1: uh and the Cezanne group yeah the and best. oh yeah and, and
0: don't forget whip the meringue
1: whip the meringue you know, which richard and <laughs> I started. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> uh, i mean so not yeah. the phrasing but yeah the group is out there
0: so uh yeah it's been great getting to know people but i would say like my relationship that i've built with you and tom from antidote we've got a pretty long text thread going yeah it's over a year old yeah at this point because it started before the festival
1: yeah it did yeah so
0: it's over a year old now planning
1: for our camp out yeah
0: and um (laughs) so yeah i just uh, i'm really happy you're here i'm really happy me too danielle's here yawning she's still bored with this interview (laughs) she's (laughs) embarrassed because i called her out no i want you on mic too come say hi i didn't know if you were uh, gonna be Hi. Yeah, see. <laughs> yes. She's enjoying the interview from afar drinking some uh Citrus City from Revision. Uh, you know, IPAs when they get to Sweden, California or West Coast American IPAs when they get to uh, Sweden are not yeah. always in the best yeah. shape. Yeah. So, sh- so so we're enjoying a couple of hazy boys. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's another thing about
1: Sweden is that we have um we have like a, a little bit different relationship with alcohol than the U S and part of it is that we have a a monopoly store.
0: Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about, about that system?
1: Yeah. So in Sweden, you know, there was a, a very strong problem with, uh, well, both depression, anxiety, those kinds of things. And, you know, there was, it was harming people too much to have, um, as much drinking was going on and people voted for, for, Basically, a kind of temperance, and they instated a state monopoly on it with a quota system. In back, in back in the sixties and seventies in Sweden, so there was a there was a quota system for a while, and like you had to go to a government store, and so you could only buy so much alcohol per month, and uh, that was the way things were. But still, today in the Sweden we have the monopoly store. There's not a quota or anything. You know, you can buy as much as you want, but it's just within the given hours that the government decides this like. 10 to 7 p.m. on weekdays and 10 to 3 p.m. on Saturday and then close Sunday. So you can't buy anything stronger than 3.5% out of that. And the fallout also is that we have like a separation, which is like uh, beer that is between uh, like 3.5% and under is uh, totally open for grocery stores and bar and boutique. Like you could sell it to a customer to take home. Right. Uh, outside of the monopoly
0: so the whole session beer thing is not yeah solely based out of just your we've natural had it, love for it it's actually culturally yeah. part of your we've
1: had p- it like as a law kind of instilled yeah. in sweden for like as long for i mean for s- two generations now
0: so it's of your best interest to be able to create a flavorful low alcohol low beer. alcohol yeah. beer
1: yeah 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 so the and also the taxes are of very heavy so right for to be doing 12 percent beers in sweden it's just wouldn't it's kind of hard. It's going to be really expensive, yeah. and you know. But uh, three point five percent and below, like there are several, like some of my friends who made some bar called uh, uh, some two bars in Stockholm that are called Folken Friends. The the type of beer that is three point five percent and under is called Folkel, mm-hmm. which is people's beer, right? In Swedish, right. <laughs> So it's like 3.5% uh, and under bars in Stockholm. Right. And you could go there and you could do all the things that you do. It's kind of like a weird thing for Sweden is to like be able to buy a growler to take home. Right. And that's like really weird in Sweden. The, because vi- the visual of it seems
0: like it's uh, kind of an over the top like drinking yeah. But at the same time, once you know, like if I didn't know that they were three and a half percent. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow, they're really uh, yeah, liberal with there. their pores. Yeah, exactly. People are, are there
1: drinking like, you know, nice it's big pint glasses yeah. and stuff. And, and uh, they stay a long time as well. It's really nice to see that like there's a there's a whole market out there for people to just hang out and like only drink session which is like right. ultra session right i see like session session beers Here. on the packaging in the u.s that like say like four and a half, four five, five yeah. four point eight and i'm like what yeah that's, that's high session. for you
0: guys <laughs> yeah exactly um you mentioned that some of the the kind of the um basis for the system in sweden had to do with uh kind of social welfare mental health yeah um, that's something that i'm i'm happy that you know you and I and Tom have had conversations about. I do think that it's an underrepresented or under discussed thing in our industry. Yeah. So totally. Um Yeah, I think it's uh I've I've done episodes of the podcast. I did the Buzzkill episode, which was about yeah. So- sobriety. Yeah,
1: that one was. Yeah. <laughs> and was good. I've
0: done one I've done my friend's podcast and we've talked about mental health. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to know that I think it's important that we talk about it. I have mixed feelings about the state or like the the government yeah. p- coming and saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, part of that is historical. Yeah, it's just because that is that it's been a lot bigger problem in Sweden than before, right. so or than in other places. Right, so it's it's understandable.
0: You had said uh, earlier when we were hanging out that uh, you have some politicians in your history that still maintain, like even though. Um, Sweden is not a particularly yeah. religious country. Yeah. Um. Some of the politics can still be fairly conservative on certain topics. Absolutely. And this comes from certain. You you compared him to Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Do you want to talk a Kinda, little bit? Yeah. Little bit about so that? Sweden's like uh, drug and drug policy for a long time, and certain Swedes have been, you know, kind of doing the same with alcohol. But like the drug policy is kind of the most disastrous, disastrous example of this, which is like. Um, zero, nullivikun, uh, which is like we are gonna have no drug use in Sweden. Zero tolerance, and that is our. I mean, it's not just zero tolerance. It's like our future is nobody will use drugs. Right. It's just. It's like we won't tolerate it, but also like our future goal is nobody, nobody is using anything. And and
0: what are some of the downfalls that we were discussing about, like trying to seek out mental health uh, treatment, for example. Yeah. And if you test if you test, you know, positive for something you can't even get the the help you're looking for. Yeah, because I've
1: of this attitude this like embedded. Exactly. I've had friends who are like I mean, if you're going to to a psychiatrist or a psychologist in Sweden and you um you're asking for help and you're going into like maybe CBT or just like a basic therapy thing that will help you um and, you know, they have to ask you like obligatory. This is like part of the it's just part of the job to just say like, are you, how often do you drink? Uh, are you smoking? Are you doing any drugs? And like, if they find out that cannabis is involved at all, then they'll cut you off from like doing CBT or any like type of therapy until you can show that you're clean. And it's, 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 it's really rough because I mean, uh, be there, there's
0: I people who are going to be using that yeah. and they're seeking it because it's, Gives them some kind of relief. Yeah, exactly. And now they're trying to go according to what the government says is the proper route. Yeah, and they won't. But they won't help them.
1: So they're like, it's it sends us like a mixed signal in Sweden. Is that like we have healthcare for all and everything, but also like people are just saying like, you know, yeah, but what you're doing is a sin. I'm sorry, that's unforgivable. We said healthcare for all, but you're not allowed to. But for people who are living correctly, yeah, according to our standard, yeah which is, I I think is like really, really bad, really pretty backwards. Yeah. And we have like the largest opiate, uh, opioid death rate in the U S or in the EU, in the the European Union. Um, as a result of that, as as
0: as someone who has, um, a background living in the States and in Sweden and having traveled while you were, uh, you know, living in the States, you were at the Maritime Academy. Yeah. Spent time on some ships, went abroad. Yeah
1: yeah
0: um do you you feel like you have kind of um an interesting like outlook on it because you you kind of understand like other historical like like the united states the history we have prohibition we have yeah. the cons the you know the the conservative yeah um, parties that mm-hmm. are pushing still for you know temperance especially yeah. it's basically yeah modern temperance
1: but on the other hand like the us is extremely liberal with alcohol it's like it's just let go like just go do your thing basically right and we uh, were at
0: beer revolution in oakland and we were uh was that where we saw the no it was actually we were at st almanac yeah and you saw the can from uh (laughs) what was the brewery from sacramento the Urban Roots can yeah. it has the the uh, guy holding a gun Yeah yeah and yeah. he said there's no way Yeah
1: yeah like we got a lot of wonky wall, like uh we got we got laws that like basically restrict what you can put on a label Right It's like a gun pointed by a hand and you're like it, like any uh, kind of yeah uh, they would
0: it would not fly there yeah and then you said we, we were at St. George spirits unfortunately they weren't open but oh yeah and, and then you s- it it said, said
1: like something along the lines of emotional support begins here yeah and it was like, like the, to the door to the t- tasting room yeah and I'm like no it wouldn't man, fly no I d- it's just <laughs> not okay to have like you know alcohol is connected to like emotional some support. kind of benefit yeah or, yeah. yeah like any health any health claim whatsoever you should always like it's the thing that drives me nuts with like natural wine and stuff is that they say like oh well it's healthier inherently because there's no sulfites and because this and stuff and you're like right there's no there's no basis for that like, right and i mean if anything alcohol is the thing that is going to affect you most like health wise so right why are you trying to make health claims about it
0: so you do? do <laughs> you feel like you have some level of the the, the Swedish ideal that you agree with to a, to a degree. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, as far as, um, moderation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think moderation and stuff is like, that's pretty inherent, like, uh, pretty, pretty well nailed down in Sweden, in Swedish culture and everything, but also at the same time, when it comes to alcohol, this, this is why we have a monopoly is it was an extremely unhealthy relationship. For a long time. And um, for that reason, we have, like, for w- for that reason, I mean, like people have been harmed for like over a century, like for a while, it was also legal to pay your employees in alcohol. So they were just giving spirits to, a- to employees right. in exchange for labor, which is like, yeah, okay, well, here's your labor. And basically you're just Pass- killing your labor source. Right.
0: But also <laughs> and also but just also pacifying them to be like Yeah. Here to dr- okay dr- drown anything. your sorrows, essentially yeah. because we're not paying you you f- can't yeah. a- get food. Yeah. So you're gonna be, you know, upset, yeah. angry, well here, drink this. Exactly. And yeah.
1: And still to this day in Stockholm you'll see like um we have a or well in Sweden overall, you have like a like a binge drinking culture which really? is really strong. And you see like Monday through Friday it's fine, or Monday through Thursday it's fine, Friday Then it's like Friday and Saturday night, then people are like, you know, wild on the subway and every other day they're like trying to keep as much distance from each other as possible.
0: Do you feel like some of that like crazy, like that binge drinking comes partially from the restrictive culture? Like a reaction. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so then the question is, is it better to have this attitude of, um, kind of. Government forced moderation, and I mean, yeah. part of it is cultural, of course, like you've yeah, said. Yeah. It has to do with history. Yeah, but but it sounds like the government is still more than just has a favor. Like yeah. it, it's pushing yeah. temperance and moderation, yeah, yeah. and so I mean, so like it seems to me like that the natural reactions. It's you're going to yeah. find those people who are going to decide yeah, exactly. to binge, like yeah. uh you know, alcohol is definitely a open kind of there's quite a bit of freedom in the united states to market we, you know there's a there's we still have rules with the abc and ttb which is for the uh, state of california and then ttb is federal mm-hmm. um, as far as labeling and stuff it sounds based on our conversations that it's more li- liberal here yeah but I would say that, like when we saw, as far as like criminality or things that like increased, was it was when we had uh, historically, it was yeah. during Prohibition, yeah, that's and true. So yeah. it seems like to me that that moving towards uh, again a government run, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of attitude or or or, or the way that they push yeah. their politics, yeah. it seems like it's counterproductive.
1: Yeah. The thing is, we don't have like. We don't really have alcohol related criminality in Sweden, like that's pretty much out the window. I mean, right. there's, there's a lot of like quote unquote smuggling, which is people buying in Denmark or right, you know, buying abroad and not declaring it when yeah, they That's pretty minor. Yeah. It's very minor, but it's not straight up like, you know, shooting people over right. just accounts. It's not, uh, the, yeah. m- the mob, no, it's not r- Al Capone and, and yeah, shit, exactly. you know? rum running yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. it's, uh, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's like, um, there are some ridiculous points, which mm. is like, uh, people are really talking to push like, uh, which is like, uh, farm sales, right. but it's basically just says like, it's a law that would say like any producer is allowed to sell their own wares. I mean, if they're, if, if you're brewing in a brewery, why shouldn't you also be allowed to, to a certain extent Sell bottles out of the brewery right, and that's a very hotly debated topic right and that's it it doesn't just go with like is it moral to sell alcohol straight from the door because people would Abuse go wild with that. it yeah um, it goes into like there are European Union laws on monopoly state monopolies right, so if you have a state monopoly over a market like alcohol, then you can't have. Both monopoly and limited private sales, right? Because then you're also limiting other European Union citizens mm. from opening those sales in Sweden. Right. It's a preferential law, which acts as kind of a trade sanction. So yeah. basically, the if th- if Sweden were to vote like total, uh, like on-site sales, then the European Union would say like you either roll back what you just voted on. Or you leave the EU, or you dissolve the monopoly totally, right? And not many people in Sweden want the monopoly to be dissolved. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's unfortunate though, because obviously, somebody who's trying to, you know, start their own
1: brewery. Yeah, yeah.
0: uh, You know, the loss of profit margin and just sustainability, being able to survive. It would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. But it's it's also like I'm not that broken up about it because. We also have laws that say like you can distribute to X amount of stores in the near, in the nearest vicinity, like within hundred kilometers. In, is that,
0: and that's independent of the monopoly? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, it's, it's in it's the mono- part of monopoly, it. okay. but it's
1: like the closest monopoly stores that are right to your production site.
0: What percentage, like, uh, so it here, if I were to sell to a distributor, yeah. They want to make their 30%. Yeah. And they sell to an account, a restaurant, yeah. bar, bottle shop. They want to make their 30 to 35%, 40%, 40%. Yeah. So if I have a bottle I that I want to sell to the public for $12, 13 I have to sell it to the distributor for like 7 $8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so that the the, the, the price on the shelf matches what I want my brand to be in the market. Yeah. yeah. What percentage do you have to mark down with that in mind because of the,
1: that's actually kind of a nice thing for like the, um, we have like, there's a price model that they have and that sheet is like available to the public. So you can look up the original cost, like transparency, you know, you could look up the original cost from the, um, from uh, whoever sold the beer to the monopoly and see what the shelf price is the alcohol tax and uh, the like packaging type and then from there you can calculate what whatever it is right um, so we all have that price model and like we can say like well it's at this price point and then we have an idea like where we want it to land on the shelf price right so we can use the model mm-hmm. equation and then get it right and then make that offer and so but it's like it's it's not that much and the nice thing is that we get things like cuvee Gaston, like mm-hmm. three fontaines, i think like the best fucking yeah, the, beer yeah um and you know i see it in bottle shops and elsewhere for like 30 euro or something yeah i mean on the shelf here bucks, it's yeah. like 39.99 yeah it's exactly normal here for a
0: 750 mil
1: yeah that's right but in in sweden it's like 18 euros for a for a 750 mil sounds like it can work out yeah so yeah. the price because of the transparency you're yeah. not gonna like and it's the same price over all of sweden right as well right which is nice so those kinds of things it's good to know yeah
0: um so you guys are here visiting and you have been doing a trip <laughs> from where, where did you originally fly into um
1: right. actually into ohio Okay, to that's right. You, you did Ohio, yeah.
0: This is, and you re, you recently did your Canada trip. Mm-hmm. Danielle joined you in Ohio.
1: That's right. Yep.
0: And then you came into uh, Los Angeles. Yep. You rented a car. Yep. And so uh, when, like, how long have you been coming from, like, kind of north, making your way?
1: Um. Well, we just took the car on the second. Spent two nights in central California mm-hmm. and hung out with some friends in central valley and then made a day trip out to Sequoia Sequoia
0: and during a blizzard. During a blizzard, <laughs> so <laughs> we got kind of rerouted, yeah.
1: And then we drove over in one day, uh, over to um, you know, Monterey area right up the coast. Did yeah. lunch
0: in Santa Cruz and then yeah. came here. Yeah. So you're crashing at our place, yep. It's your birthday today, <laughs> it's the best. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and we, he w- they uh, went on my route with me, Danielle and Aiden came with me on my sales route selling okay. cider around uh, Oakland, Berkeley, and San Francisco. Oh. And Damn. yeah, as, um, you know, in the time that I've been speaking not just with you and Tom, but other people from the kind of the more farmhouse style uh, brewing, and mixed culture breweries and, and specifically breweries in Europe. Yeah. There's definitely like a a focus on the on the craft of brewing as it should be. I mean, we're all oh, trying yeah. to make the best beer we can. Yeah. Oh yeah. But our backgrounds are a little bit different and our oh, yeah. is me coming from a sales background. Totally. So you rode along with me today doing kind to see me doing sales. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of described to you you know, my time at another company before this, a bigger mm-hmm. company and uh doing beer now I'm doing cider, but the difference between soft sales and hard sales and yeah established totally. an established big operation versus a startup. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there are some aspects of like the American sales uh hustle totally. that you could adopt?
1: yeah yeah totally that would Um, work within your system of of
0: i mean what you've described i don't know if it's
1: the like the american sales style but i would just say that like you know you personally it's like (laughs) it's very nice to see right um just because it's it's more about a community that's kind of like um you know keeping in contact with each other and checking in with each other and everything and yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I could learn a lot from that. Uh, yeah. So
0: you don't want to attribute it to like American sales. Yeah. Yeah. You no, want to no. attribute it to more. No, on I a think per- there's more, <laughs> I think there's
1: more harmful about the American sales for the European market. Well, and I described
0: some of the problems. Yeah. We've yeah. Talked totally. Specifically when it comes to hard sales and yeah. And, and yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. But, um, ultimately as long, if you believe in the product, Mhm. It's not so hard to sell true and it's more about for me it's more about like establishing a relationship and not trying to force anything on anybody that they don't want if they don't want it yeah i'm not gonna push it on you you yeah yeah um and that's definitely not the case with a lot of bigger breweries Mm -hmm. is they try to leverage their rare more wanted stuff to yeah to push their core product. Oh
1: no, I'm not gonna do that. That's another nice thing about the uh monopoly is that like we could say, Hey, we I only made like three barrels of this. Right. So do you want all of it? Because otherwise yeah. like it's gonna go to this many restaurants. Right. Or this many bottle shops in Europe and then it's like, okay, well it's half gone by the time it right. goes through that, you know. Um
0: how big of a system are you trying to work on as far as your the plan for, for bready fingers. Like uh,
1: so right now it's, I have a 300 liter system, okay. so it's a little three hectoliter, um, for the U S it's three barrel, right? <laughs> or just under three barrel. Right. And it's, uh, you know, so basically a few, few standard wine, wine butts at a time and, uh, trying to do kind of all oak. Um, and that's what I was
0: going to ask if you w- were
1: planning on yeah. having any stainless. I mean, um. Yeah, for certain things and some tanks for just like uh, maturation, marrying yeah. and whatever. Oh yeah. yeah, like blending or for blend it in, let it sit for a bit. Yeah, refruit or whatever, and yeah. then into the into the bottling.
0: And you're also super interested in not just beer, but also I mean fermentation in general. I hear yeah, about all your overall, experiments, but totally um, overall natural wine. Yeah, is uh is a of interest, and you're actually working on mm-hmm. potentially want to. Tell me a little bit more about what you're working on.
1: Oh uh, yeah, I was never uh, super interested in wine and anything, but uh, but then when I found out that there was like a whole whole section out there that was a little bit more devoted to like, um, yeah, we're gonna let wild yeast do it, you know, we're gonna work with that, um, in a more process oriented uh, type of winemaking, which is like, terroir is great, but then there's also the whole like v- vinification part that i think is super cool and that i always wanted to learn more about and um uh i guess it's the more like lame technical side of me as well but it's it's also like super super interesting to see with uh wild yeast because we know what it kind of does like biochemically and then we can adjust our process and technique to right you know make sure it comes out good
0: so you're specifically um, kind of interested in, from my understanding, of what I've talked to, and 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 Tom is involved in kind of your studies and your interest and mm-hmm. in You guys are working on a potential project. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so we're we talking about a book. Is that yeah, right? yeah? And I'll leave it at that and let you. I don't want to you know put too much out there before it's ready. Yeah, I'll let you talk about it as much as you want. But from my understanding of what we've talked about, is um, do you feel I'll ask it in the form of a question. Do you feel like the natural wine world would benefit from viewing the process of wine making a, a little bit more through the lens of craft beer? Yeah. As far as processes yeah. and understanding what's happening. Yeah. You know,
1: like a brewer's mindset is like, um, this is how we have to handle the beer. This is like, this is the thing that we worked hard to make. So this is how we have to handle it to uh, make sure it ends up in the bottle in this kind of way. And, you know,
0: and do you feel some of that's missing from natural wine? Right. Yeah, now? Totally. What's,
1: totally. So, so
0: do you, I mean, what do you think? What's wh- like, it is, it seems to me like there are, of course there are people who are v- making super clean. Yeah. Um, well intent, like they have full understanding. Yeah. There's, yeah. there, like there the is. We had yeah. We it's had some lambrusco tonight and yeah. also the Pinot. Yeah. Uh, we had, we were over at Punchdown on Broadway. Yeah, you know which is included. a little more funky. Yeah, yeah, but the those ones I would say, and also I recently was at uh, Donkey and Goat, uh-huh. and that was super clean. There's definitely a lot of those people who they know fully well what, what is happening and they are mm-hmm. aware. But I I don't know much about wine, but mm-hmm. it's, since I've started drinking natural wine at places like Punchdown and Ordinaire, is there's definitely a few of those producers that they're making some really funky stuff but there's also some it seems like yeah. they're kind of and based on conversations i've had it seems like they're really just saying let put you know put the juice in the barrel and let it do its thing and yeah and of course yeah. we're all ultimately trying whether it's wild beer spontaneous beer um natural cider natural wine yeah yeah we're all trying to set up the best like kind of um take all the best steps to make the best product in the year. But yeah. it does seem to me that there are some natural wineries that are maybe are not adding enough steps yeah. for that preparation. And we're not talking well, about so sulf, sulfur. Yeah, we're not talking about, no. we're talking about more just clean, clean. you know, clean barrels. <laughs> like no, I
1: think, I think it comes down to dogma <laughs> Really, in the, in the wine world is just that like, um, as much as like, natural winemakers like to hate on like, uh, you know, the, the, cl- the classic like UC Davis kind of style. Right. Um, for like, oh, well the solution to everything is to sulfide it or whatever. Right. At the same time, the idea, the natural wine world is like the solution to everything is to just, you know, completely laser ferret. Like that's not I true. D- I that's just I not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you end up with gnarly things because you have, you know, a lot of like the, you don't have any, the boogie si- you man don't have any system there, like in, in place. Well, you don't yeah. have a system in place. Yeah. You don't have
0: best, best procedures and processes. Yeah.
1: Like. So uh, how do you, how would you call that? SOP, SoP you know, yeah. like that, that kind of thing in a winery is like, man, why don't you have like the perf, like the, the, the steps of like, um, you know, oxygen free transfers and things right. like that. And, um, Those kinds of things should be more employed rather than like, uh, yeah. But then even, even for a super low tech, you don't even need like these, you know, kind of German brewing, uh, (laughs) practices of like uh, gas transfers everything. But, um, like, uh, these cider makers in Ontario that I met revel, they do a type of thing where you're, they're making a still like a quote unquote still cider, which is for all intents and purposes, completely flat. And it's like less, way less than a volume, maybe a half a volume of uh, CO2. Right. And they're just like a little tiny priming yeast and a little tiny priming sugar. Right. When they bottle it so that it's like, I mean, there's no gas in it. Right. It's just flat. Um. But that was just enough to like eat up any oxygen. Yeah. Kickstart any fermentation or yeah. kickstart so any. So the
0: sensory perception is still that it's yeah. that it's still. Yeah so but they're taking that preventative measure to just help yeah yeah
1: and it's super low tech but it's it's simple it's very simple yeah yeah but you could do that with a like a flat wine or so you can even take whatever yeast you had in a barrel you don't even necessarily need to use dry champagne yeast or whatever you could
0: prop it back up make sure it's healthy yeah and yeah well i mean yeah these all these steps seem to make sense and so i'm curious to see what what you're gonna Mm -hmm. um discover as you keep doing your research and uh, interviewing winemakers. Um, we have a beer from a guy I haven't met in person yet. Mm-hmm. Me you, neither. You haven't met Brett either yet. No, I haven't. Oh, I thought you, for some reason, I thought you had met him. <laughs> and then, okay. Well, this is from Brett Smith. Uh, I'm going to go get his beer. You want? Yeah. Do you, I mean, from I, Branch and Boom. I was to say, if you know anything about it, I'm going to go get the beer. I'll get it. Okay. I don't know if you, if you can tell me about how you got the bottle while I go get
1: it. I don't oh, know yeah, if sure. you talk to him or whatever. <laughs> No, Brett was, um, I've been planning to go and try meet Brett in a while for, for a while now. And he lives in Dayton. Dayton? Um, yeah. So Branch and Bone Artisan Ales is down in Dayton, Ohio. And, uh, and, uh, I've been trying to, but I mean, it's a four hour drive from where my, where my family lives. Right. And, um, he's like, Oh, I see you're in Ohio. So how long are you in Ohio for? And I was like, Oh, until Wednesday, and then he's like, "Oh, I think I can ship some bottles. Like, you need to try these. <laughs> I have these beers. You need to try." So, well, thank you, Brett. There. I yeah. appreciate you sending
0: this to Aiden because
1: now I get to enjoy it. Yep.
0: Danielle, you're still working on your Citra. You can. Are you gonna share? Can you share this one with uh, his glass?
1: Yeah. I will share it with you guys.
0: All right. So this is Branch and Bone artisan ales. Visage, mixed fermentation saison with dandelion aged in wine barrels. says Visage is brewed with locally forged dandelions and fermented in red wine barrels with our uh, house mix culture. This beer would not be possible without the help of our community picking the flowers. Thank you. This bottle is naturally conditioned. Please refrigerate 24 hours before opening. I don't know if it's been 24 hours, but it should be good. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's 6.3%. Um, yeah, so this is one of the guys from the milk, the funk community we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, really just an amazing group of mixed culture, funky brewers and from
1: all over the, the globe. Let's see here. Yeah. So Brad, I tried the other one though already. What uh, was, what was the other thing he sent you? He sent me a, um, food or beer, a mixed culture food or beer called silence mill that was uh, re-fermented with honey, some local honey from there. And it was just a really nice floral, funky floral, very tart and dry, which is nice. Well, this smells pretty great as well. Yeah, this smells floral, Mm -hmm. coconutty, grassy, fruity. A really uh,
0: nice balanced acidity. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm not that familiar with dandelions and what flavor they contribute, but this mm. does have the floral notes oh. Oh, man. and a little yeah, gra- yeah. Like grass. It feels like, it tastes like this would be something you picked from like yeah. a field. <laughs> like You know
1: what I mean? It didn't say honey, right? Because this is very, very honey-like. Yeah. It doesn't say honey anywhere on it. All right. Like, yeah, you're, man, you're picking up some notes of it? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, it
0: might, might just That's be nice. the dandelions. So thank you, Brett. We appreciate it.
1: Oh man. Another beer I got kind of inspired by, um, was, uh, Richard Price who made like, uh, who made, uh, something he called the to bees and he mm-hmm. was going to take comb honey. So just totally on the honeycomb. Right. So was, I was just thinking of this cause I was like, you know, chewing on beeswax and thinking like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this I mean comb honey. And I was like, whoa, there's so much fragrance and flavor in this. And he was gonna throw like a ton of this uh, comb honey into a barrel with some mixed culture. Beer. That sounds awesome. And I was like, oh, I gotta try it sometime.
0: Um, so that's another cool. <laughs> if there was anything specific, like if you want, if for people who are not familiar with Bready Fingers, you kind of talked about, you know, your love of uh, session beers, mixed culture, I, you know, uh, wild captures. Yeah. You are into foraging, all that stuff. Um, if if you were to just I guess this is the salesperson in me asking if, you know, if you, if for someone who's not familiar with you, like what, is, like, what would you like to say about like bready fingers? What's oh, your goal? What's right. your, like your elevator pitch? You know what I mean? Oh, not so much. Th- don't pretend you're selling, but you know, just, no, no. just informative for, for people who are not so familiar. So
1: basically what I'm trying to do is just take um, yeast from around there and yeast from friends occasionally and mm-hmm. just um, making a beer around that, that, you know, make sense for that type of culture. Like I can't really make an IPA with this like weird, uh, the first beer you tried, the hypothesis, which right. is like, uh, originally from like apples, like just, you know, whatever yeast was hanging out on apples. And I've been repitching that for like 30 generations. Awesome. Um, whatever beer makes sense for that. Like it's going to be dry because it's mixed culture. Um, so, if I build a beer around that, it's going to be tannic. It's going to be, you know, like building up the structure so that it's not just a watery, dry thing. Um, and uh, so I try to work with that, and then I try to work with like what's close to um, what's close to us in Sweden as well, where I live. Yeah. So, um, well,
0: if you can't make it to Carnival Britannum to see Aiden and drink his beers. Mm-hmm then you're going to have to just find him on social media and bug him. And maybe he'll figure out something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Come to Sweden. Yeah. Aiden, thank you. Danielle, thank you. I'm going to turn the mic to so you can say say goodbye to everybody.
1: Goodbye, everyone.
0: (laughs) And hopefully we'll have another episode of this podcast in like less than a year. Yeah. I've got a trip up to Oregon. That's the plan. Yeah, totally. And, yeah happy birthday buddy thank you for coming and i'm stoked that we get to drink this awesome branch and bone beer yeah thank you brett It's very nice yeah and thanks for listening
1: and thank you tim for hosting us and we are waiting for you in sweden yes thank you tim you should come out
0: oh that's the plan (laughs) (laughs) thanks guys